Right, hello everybody and welcome to episode number 66 of the uh, podcast Absolute Scenes. I'm joined, as always, by Cardigan's fairest folk, Billy Roach. How are you doing? Uh, good, thanks, Tom. I mean, I apologise to all the listeners because that hurt my ears, so I can only imagine <laughs> what <laughs> what it felt like for everyone else. Uh, but yeah, my curls are coming back. We've just It's just been announced, obviously, well, slightly... I know in England now you've had a whole plan of when you know you're going to be able to go and do things. Wales, we're just still on. Uh, we'll let you know in three weeks. So yeah. my haircut, which I booked for half term, has been pushed back another three weeks. Um, so, so I'll probably just shave my head, uh, and you can all laugh at me. Not that you uh, you can all see me, but you can, Tom, at least. But yeah, how yeah. are you, Tom? I'm okay, Billy. I, feel, I was feeling quite optimistic this week following... It's not a plan, Billy. It's a roadmap, actually. Sorry. Sorry, Tom. Uh, Sorry. Out of lockdown. And um, I did, and the sun coming out and stuff, it does feel like spring is springing, not just in you know the the seasonal sense, but in the, the COVID sense as well. It does feel like we have sort of turned yeah. a corner. We are coming towards an end. The, I've in the in the craze of the post Monday's announcement, I've booked uh, to go to four twenty twenty games uh, at Warwick. Wow, two days of the Test match as well. So I've I'm I'm, I'm quietly confident that there will be crowds and stuff back in the summer. I don't think I think well, this is a, a topic we can start talking about start yeah. a podcast on is that by the roadmap. There should be fans in the grounds for the last game of the season uh, on mm-hmm. May the 23rd. Wolves are at home to Manchester United the day after my 30th birthday. What a day that could be. Um, Tom's going to go but, crazy. But the the discussion is, is it fair? Is it keeping the integrity of the competition fair to let, for example, I think Newcastle are playing Fulham on the last game of the season. So yeah. does that give Fulham at home an advantage? Or is it well? You've had thirty-seven games to sort yourselves out. It's tough luck if uh, you know if you don't. I think there. yeah. I think, but they're hoping by that point. Um, you you, well, you you think the way that City are co- currently running away with it, the league yeah. that the league will be wrapped up. Obviously, the other places, you know, fourth, it's pretty tight at the minute. Yeah. But, you know that could come down. I've just looked. We've got Aston Villa. Mm. But that that game could have ramifications. You know, Villa potentially pushing for Europe, Chelsea as well, you know, that so you know it could be a case of that game could be like one or the other teams are gonna qualify for Europe or not. Mm. Like you say, Newcastle, Fulham, you'd think by then, you know, th- those two teams it'd be against the, the, like those two teams. Like for, you know, yeah, you'd there's think, still 14 Sheff- games to go. So it could be anybody of going anybody. for that last relegation place. Yeah, but you'd think that's what I mean is those two teams at the moment look like the more likely of the It'd be those two teams in particular yeah, fighting out for it. That's what I'm trying to say. Whereas Chelsea mm. Villa, it could be um, a lot. You know, neither team or team both teams could be comfortable in the European spaces, or neither team could be. Mm. Um, so yeah, but yeah, it's it is a difficult one. I know. I think England play because the I think the Euros are not long after, are they either? I think um, the I think it could be that I might be wrong in saying this, but this I think England have a game on the 22nd of June. I think it might be against Czech Republic, or I think. Is yeah, what yeah, I think it's... That, a, yeah. So that's the day after everything is open and back to normal. So there could be 90,000 people in Wembley for that, and things yeah. could be totally back to normal, which is quite a, a thought 
from you know yeah. at this point. But it's it is something to keep us all going, which we didn't have last year. Excuse me for just throwing my pen at the microphone. Um, <laughs> we didn't have it at this point last year when things were kicking off, and uh, you know we we're nearly a whole year since we've since I last went to a football game, well, seventh seventh of March, and we didn't sort of know how long because the Premier League was only suspended for three weeks, and then we thought, well, you know, we'll be back by June. Oh. The players will be back by June. Oh, we'll be back in the grounds by October. Oh, no, okay. It might be Christmas time. Oh, you can if you're in Liverpool. Uh, and then, you know, that was but it. But you say that because in, in actual fact, on where you think about it, there have already been fans in well, various stadiums to a certain extent. You know, I know, you know, Chelsea had a couple of games where there was fans. Uh, I know in the Champions League as well. I think we went when we played away. I can't remember who it was against. There was fans yeah. there. So there have been... The odd, I'm not saying you know, but the odd game where it has mm. been, but like, um, like we were just talking about on off air, Chelsea played Atletico Madrid in the Champions League, um, this week, and that was in I think it was in Romania, um, in wait, and but Chelsea are playing at home, yeah, the, the return leg, so Atletico Madrid have lost the, the home advantage. You know, I was speaking to my friend, and the argument is, is both teams have had to travel to the first leg, whereas mm. only Atletico have to travel to the second leg, um, which, you know, you, you could make arguments. But isn't that against... to do with, isn't that to do with the governments of those countries not allowing any travel into it from England? Yeah, the, from the UK. So it's, you know, it's, that's the, the, the ruling of it. But, um, you know, that's the, the, you know, that's the design. But I don't understand then why they've gone, oh, well, we'll travel out. Well, because I suppose the other the other option would be that they forfeit the the tie if they're not. The picture, winning. no, but why they haven't just said right? Well, we'll let, allow the the that team to come because they're still going to be the 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 amount of people you would say that are going to mix. You know, the teams are still going to play on the mm. on the pitch and things like that. I, you know, it's quite. I don't know. You know, considering well, as well, you think I mean, at this now, time, go on. You now you said that uh, Romania are allowing people in the other the other country. No, that was having. I think they hosted the Liverpool Leipzig game was Hungary and their yeah. countries that their their um, leaders are perhaps somewhat questionable in terms of their motives and if they're offered a couple of million pounds from UEFA to host these events I think they're more than happy to do so I know certainly that's the case with Hungary my friend who's a Hungarian uh, she's always saying about how he's building huge Very... football stadiums and the uh, the national team is you know not very good uh, yeah. In comparison to the sort of money that's pumped into it, but it's just the the president's sort of hobby. So I think I just wanted to one. double check. I was just checking. It was Romania that we were playing in. I, mm. It was Bucharest. I was. I thought because I think um, Liverpool played in Budapest. Budapest. Yeah, <laughs> I, no, I think Liverpool played. Yeah, that's why I wanted to check. I was like, did, have yeah. we played there? Um, so yeah, it's um, it is one of those things. And like you say, it's that extra cash flow for those, especially you know, you think of you know, I don't. Well, there's no Romanian teams left in the Champions League. We know that much. Mm. I think I don't think there's any left in the Europa. I don't think there would have been any Hungarian teams in the Champions League to start off with. Yeah, so it's it's one of those you know it's extra cash flow, like you say. So, um, should we talk about your favourite topic now? Then, Tom, seeing as we've mentioned Chelsea, Atletico Madrid already. Go on then. Yes. So I've just seen it now. The goal that Chelsea scored the other day. I, I mean, now you've explained what the problem was with the goal. So Giroud scores a, a delightful overhead kick from. The penalty spot, kind of that kind yeah, of yeah. range, uh, but it the ball sort of loops. He's he looks as if he's in an offside position. Oh, I think he's clearly in an offside position, yeah. isn't he? Then the ball has come off a, a Atletico Madrid defender. 
And mm-hmm. what happens next then, Billy? So the the way they've got that's happened is I think the ball's been played in and Mount and I can't remember the Atletico defender have both gone to play the ball. Um, and then the ball's been ricocheted up into the air and then Giroud's bicycle kicks it into the goal and the linesman's flagged it offside because Giroud is, looks like he's at least two yards offside. But then for about five minutes then, uh, it's been looked at for... Um, a potential goal, and I'm, I'm sat there going, "Well, what? How is this a potential goal?" Because it doesn't. It, mm. We thought watching it that our oh, mounts played the ball, you know, it, and Giroud's kicked it in the net. So we we're like, "Is there any? Is you know, because the way mm. the camera angle was, you're like, oh, is the fullback playing him on that mm. sort of thing?'" And they're drawing these lines, sort of thing. But no, they were actually watching to see if the centre back had intentionally played the ball back. And therefore would be deemed to have. Uh, I think it was. Uh, did City have a, a one the other day? I'm trying to think. There was one the other day. There was a goal fairly recently where a player, a striker, would come from an offside position and almost like mm. nudged the player out of the way. Oh, it was uh, against Villa, wasn't it? Yeah, you know so that sort. It was that sort of like con- not controversy, but they were looking at it in terms yeah. the, the way that it's interpreted, rather than it being right. We're drawing a line. It's have they played the ball back intentionally, and mm. it was ruled a goal. But um, we, I went, obviously, to watch them, almost, well, a year ago now, watching Atletico Madrid live, and it was exactly the same sort of formula where they were just sat there and there was mm. not really any chances. And then this freak goal happens. You're just there like, well, that's it. That's going to sort it out. Um, but it just seems that VAR is now... You know, that was the correct decision. I know Leeds were quite unhappy um, mm. on the weekend about the decision against... Your team, Wolverhampton Wanderers. Do you want to yes. t- tell us about that, Tom? Because well, I have no I'll... clue. I just know there was a lot of arguments about it. But yeah, I t- uh, well, I'll tell you my thoughts about it. I, th- for once, I actually agree with VAR and and how it works as well. So the linesman gave a call on the field. He said it was offside. Mm-hmm. Bamford went on. Well, the way it played out, Bamford played, scored the goal, then the flag went up for offside. But the linesman had made a decision. I think that's the key thing yeah. that's missing from most decisions is that the linesmen very rarely actually make decisions nowadays. They just leave it and leave it, leave it, and then see what VAR says. And there's been yeah. injuries, Virgil van Dijk, the most highest yeah. profile of that, that have happened because linesmen or referees haven't made decisions. So the linesmen made the decision. It was very, it was much closer than it looked to the naked eye on VAR, but it was still offside, no yeah. doubt about it. His knee was offside. But at the time, because Cody was running towards the halfway line and Bamford was running towards the goal. And as they, they yeah. crossed just at the sort of the back of Cody's heel and Bamford's knee, knee. Were like that. So it, in a split second, they were five, 10 yards yeah. apart. Whereas, the, you know, at the time they crossed, it was very, very close. Frame, on the frame but, that they'd chosen to look yeah. at, they were really well, close. Of course. Yeah. So what I am a big advocate for is very much like in cricket, where they have umpires call when there's very, very close LBW calls where the ball is just clipping the wicket. They stick with what the umpire said. So if the umpire said it was out, it, it was out. If it, yeah. if it, it's the same, so it has to be fifty-one percent of the ball has to be hitting the stumps to be yeah. to be like that. So fi- almost fifty percent of the player has to be offside. Well, no, offside. I think so it just has to. Extent. It has to be if they are taking more than more than one look at it. It sticks with what the linesman is has got. If you if you have to get lines out, that's too close. Stick with what the linesman has said. On the field, similar to otherwise, um, otherwise, you may as well get rid of the linesmen altogether because they don't altogether. do anything at all. 
it's similar to rugby, you know, where rugby, they, they award, you know, they have the on-field decision. Yeah. Similar to, you know, like cricket as well. So, you know, the on-field decision is a try or, you know, is there anything you can tell me that yeah. wouldn't, you know, that would change that decision or if it's, and if it's too close to call, it's the on-field decision or the on-field decision, it isn't a try. You know, you know, I know you before you've said about potentially, you know, you will consider, you said a good idea would potentially be to give the players challenges, yeah. you know, similar to what tennis have and cricket have as well. You know, I think it's at the minute, you know, that you, the argument where, like you said, waiting to flag for offside, it, it's the rules of the game. The concept mm. of VAR, I personally think the concept of VAR the, is, is right. It's just the way it's been applied probably not. Yeah being the best if that makes sense and it, i mean I, I can't really remember the early stages of the tmo in rugby but it, it must mm. have taken a few years to get it really ironed out and to get it working as it does now there's a lot that people want if, if we're accepting the var is part of our game then it needs to be adapted somewhat to make sure that you know it is proper and it works properly and it adds to the game whereas at the moment i think it's taking away more from the game although I think they're very, very fortunate that you know there's been a pandemic for a year and they've had 12 months now of of practicing VAR behind the closed doors because it was getting to a point uh, a year ago where, particularly from my experience at Molyneux, it was becoming very, very toxic at games where there was these inexplicable calls made and there was 30,000 people in the ground and they couldn't understand why these goals were not being given. And it, yeah. it would have only been a matter of time. I mean, imagine... Uh, I mean, it, sort of, well, it worked in Villa's favour, but that goal from the in the first game back with the restart, when the ball went over the line, and, and it, you know, yeah. for, for Villa, that kept Villa up, and it, yeah, had yeah. that have gone the other way around, and you know, at Villa Park, the last game of the season, if there had been something like that, that that relegates Villa, there'd have been people on the pitch, there'd have been carnage. But oh yeah, but you look very at hypothetical. Um, you, the, you talk, I think to close this off, just to look at the negative side of VAR, if you want to call it the negative side, was the Man City Liverpool game that was on and mm. the ref the ref went to look um they'd awarded the penalty um against Liverpool and he went over to the camera or to this monitor sorry and literally it, it looked as though he just looked at it briefly and then went away and yeah it's a penalty rather than uh viewing it for giving it the time it deserved or whatever you want to call it whereas it might have been just a case of oh yeah I was he's awarded a penalty I think it's a penalty. I'll go and look at it. And he's just gone, yeah, I think it's a penalty. So, you know, that's mm. the, the, there's no, I think that's people's frustration at the minute is the lack of consistency. And that, but that's what you get with a referee anyway. You'd have the lack of consistency anyway. So yeah. I personally think that, you know, they've got to interpret it, the rules that themselves. It's, it's slightly different to other sports where it might be cut and dry, so to speak, because we haven't got that, mm. we've got that big gray area. But enough about that, Tom, because I know we could spend probably a whole podcast talking about it and all our listeners would switch off. Um, we'll talk, seeing as you've already mentioned it, um, we'll go from one sport to another, Tom. Mm -hmm. uh, tell us about the uh, amazing scenes, the absolute scenes for uh, that happened this morning in the cricket. But it was this morning, wasn't it? Uh, well, yeah, throughout the day. Well, it was quite a day of test cricket, really. So, um, Test match started yesterday, uh, and it was a day-night test match. The only the third that England have ever played in, which is quite exciting. But of course, in India, makes it much easier to follow in the UK. So the game started at nine o'clock rather than four o'clock in the morning, and then finished at four o'clock in the afternoon for us. So looking forward to 
you know, spending a few days trying to get it in between work and stuff. I think I worked out that yeah. lunch uh, or tea was sort of between quarter past one and two o'clock, which meant I could watch the last session uninterrupted from work, uh, pretty much. Um, and then yesterday, England won the toss, decided to bat, which in this series has meant that you know that team has gone on to win. England struggled a lot, and they got bowled out for 112. Uh, well, they, I think they batted just about into the evening, so about half the day they they batted which, for. Which, for those those people like myself, that's it's not it's not a terrible score. It but is. It's not. No, it's a, it's, it's a terrible it, score. It, well, I, I'm saying this. It's not a terrible score for this game in particular. Oh, in this game, it wasn't uh, yeah. the lowest score, no. <laughs> no, but uh, for most, in most games of cricket, that would be a very yeah. poor score. But in this so, game, it was a quite decent score. Yeah, so it, 112 they got bowled up for. In Ahmedabad, Billy, which uh, some listeners from America may know, uh, it has some significance because almost exactly a year ago, uh, the former president, Donald Trump, uh, spoke. There's only been two events that have been hold, held at this uh, stadium. It hosts 130,000 people. The wow. test match being the second event. The first event was this enormous event where, where Dr- Donald Trump spoke. And he, uh, uh, so he pronounced the oh, most yeah, famous yeah. test match cricket player of all time, Sachin Tendulkar, but he called him Suchin Tendulkar. Uh, which is very funny. Um, so anyway, so England got bowled out very cheaply. India went into bat yesterday evening and did started off quite well, but then this morning they totally collapsed. Uh, the pitch was it was like playing on a, a back garden or something. It was ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, so Joe Root but, um, by collapsed, oh. they were all out. That's that, that's so, yeah, sorry. by collapsed. Yeah, they yeah. didn't just fall on the floor. <laughs> they were all out. Yeah. Um, Joe Root, who's a very uh, he's a part-time spinner, so he doesn't really bowl that much. And they they made the decision beforehand to go with more seam bowlers, with faster bowlers. So James Anderson yeah. and Stuart Broad and Joffre Archer. I, I, I know I know Jimmy I know Jimmy Anderson. I know him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Ben Stokes. They all played. Uh, yeah, oh, so I know him. I know him. <laughs> so they played. They went for fast bowlers rather than spinners, and then they turned up, and this pitch was turning square. So like Joe Root, who just so he's a, b- a batsman, but bowls a little bit. He took five wickets this morning for eight runs. He only conceded wow. eight runs, which is unbelievable. And he referenced that at the end of the game, then in the press conference, and he said, if I can be taking five wickets, that shows you that this pitch is not good enough for Test Match Cricket. Because yeah. the big thing of this series has been that the Indian uh, ground staff have prepared pitches that turn. And India have got very, very good Spin bowlers. Spin bowlers, yeah. So it it doesn't... I mean, that's the benefit of home advantage, and we do the same over here. We make sure there's lots yeah. of grass on the wickets, and then the, the fast bowlers can seam it, can make yeah. it swing in the air, and the the Indian batsmen are not very... Uh, yeah, not, so it's, it's like you say, home advantage. Yeah, the, the, the Indian yeah. bowlers are better at spinning, and uh, the yeah. English team have got better fast bowlers. Well, yeah. the teams that they selected anyway. So anyway... Uh, so the story of the game this morning was quite positive. England had bowled India out. India only had a lead of thirty uh, after the first inning. So each team bats twice. Yeah, really. Uh, so after the so after after a day and a bit, it's quite it's not very often you get both teams have batted within sort of four sessions, with, which is what they had. So all all day yesterday and then the morning session of today. 
So England went out to bat with sort of like the hope of building a lead of about 200. 200 probably would have definitely won them the test match just because of how bad the pitch was. Um, but within the so the first ball of England's innings was a wicket. Uh, the opening batsman for England got out. That's, is that a duck? That's a golden duck, Billy. Yeah, first ball oh, for wow. zero. Yeah, okay. well done. Then the second ball was also a wicket, but um, that's, that's another duck. That is another duck. <laughs> but they, but uh, Johnny Bairstow, he reviewed it. So like we've been talking about with VAR, yeah. reviewed it, was given not out, but then he was out the next ball anyway. Uh, <laughs> so England, after the first over, they were naught for two and scored no runs and wow. they got two wickets. Uh, and then they were bowled out. So bear in mind, they were 30 behind. They, were, they, behind. Managed, to, they managed to get to 80 before all of their batsmen were bowled out. So they only so had a lead. 50 of, in front. Yeah, so, they, so it was 49, I think. I've been rounding them up. But yeah, and then uh, India knocked them off with um, without losing any wickets. And it was so it was all over within two days. And I did so because I went into school on Tuesday, and they said, "Oh, you're coming back in tomorrow." I said, "Nah," I said the cricket science, so that'll be me for the week. But ironically, now I am going in tomorrow <laughs> because because the cricket is over. But it's the shortest Test match since World War Two. So before yeah. you know, and at that point, they didn't have covers on pitches, so pitches were soaking wet. Pitch, pitches were bumping all sorts, much like this pitch today. Yeah. There's been a lot of talk about it, and. Although it's been quite exciting cricket to watch for Test match cricket, it's been I think it's been awful and awful. The whole oh, yeah, series yeah. I think has been awful because the whole point of Test match cricket is that I think England have played poorly as well. So the point of Test match cricket is that you go to these different environments, you expect it to spin in India and Pakistan, and you play. You know you have to learn to adapt to those conditions and play the conditions. It's not just the opposition players because when yeah. India come to uh, England in the summer, England should. Have the the upper hand with the with the ball, yeah. But they won't be as good as India have been with the ball this winter now. Yeah, but yeah. Well, like you, like I was going to say, I was just about to what you said. Like Root said, you know, he got five wickets, mm. and he's not he's not a full time bowler or whatever however you would de- define it. Yeah. Whereas whereas obviously they had their you know top class bowlers bowling on that. You'd you'd almost expect them to do what they did if that makes sense. Yeah. yeah so yeah. England England obviously. Should have prepared, you know, even though they've they haven't got long, but they should have thought right. Well, we need to think about how we're going to defend against this. Now, mm. um, I, was, the, I didn't so, watch. I didn't watch any of it, so I don't know whether they did make an attempt at doing that or how they would do that. But I'm just speaking hypothetically. Well, they made a a blunder with the selection for this test to just because because they they thought oh, we'll be bowling in the evening. The the dew will cause the ball to swing a bit more, so we'll go with our swing bowlers like Anderson and Broad. Yeah. Uh, Joffre Archer is hopeless. He's rubbish. Yeah. <laughs> for Test match cricket, he's not. He's not fit for. Yeah. I don't think I've ever seen him score a run uh, when he's batting and then bowling. He's just not got the patience to uh, to bowl in Test match cricket. But the whole, you know, the whole of this year is building up to the Ashes in Australia in November and December uh, this year, and that's been the the goal for the England cricket team for the last. A uh, couple of years since the since they yeah. since they won the World Cup in uh, when was it July two thousand nineteen because that was the focus for the previous four years was we were going to win the World Cup they won the World Cup right now we're going to win the Ashes in Australia again for the first time in what would be ten years and if it happens you can clip this up Billy and play it back to me when they do but they've got no chance they're going to get beaten five 0 because they have they've not got a consistent team 
They've not got yeah. good enough batsmen, and they the bowlers. I mean, do, are I, do they not realise that you you've scored a century now, Tom? So you should be. That was, you know, again, up. that was ten years ago. <laughs> yeah, but uh, but you know, you wanted to go to the Ashes. You know, that's on your list. To yeah. So that, that's that's how we could get you in. Is you could obviously get selected for England now. Uh, and go on to to uh, represent England in the Ashes, and you've ticked one another thing off your off your list. Um, but yeah, it's yeah, it's very. I, I would like to point out, Tom, that I think I've come, I know why England have struggled mm. uh, in the cricket. So you just mentioned him there, um, and I know it's still a sore subject, but you've just named both <laughs> both members of the of your yeah. of your clan, as it were, and I know it's disappeared. Hence why I'm bringing it up. You've got to get another fish, Tom. That's that's what it is. Is you need well. you, you need to start supporting them. <coughs> Jofra obviously passed away last year, and uh, <laughs> Stoke Stokesy this year. Um, it, it's I'm sorry, Tom, but I think it's time you've got to either get another another pet fish or well, I'll order you one online, a stuffed animal, and we could just have him sat there in yeah. the background. Maybe um, I've got some bad news for you, the Billy. I have sold the tank on Facebook. It's gone for a fiver. <laughs> <laughs> I've sold all sorts of stuff on Facebook. Yeah, I don't want to know. Tom. I don't. You, of the week. I, I don't. Uh, I don't want to know what you've been selling on Facebook, Tom. I think uh, we'll keep it PG for uh, for today um, and things. But you, you, we'll go on to predictions, Tom. Purely because we we're doing seamless transitioning now. You've already mentioned right. one prediction now for your for the Ashes. Um, so last week, Tom, you predicted uh, the snooker. Did you watch any of it, Tom? Or I didn't actually. No, I I did go to, but I um fell asleep. No, I just I uh, I just couldn't. I you couldn't just... find it. <laughs> I couldn't find it. Well, it was on BBC One, Tom. I think or BBC Two. So oh. the fact that you couldn't it, find it, it wasn't I when know. I looked. <laughs> um. So yeah. Well, you um you did well, Tom. You predicted the finalists correctly. Yep. Uh, Brown versus um. Oh, so really? was yeah. was the was the final, and it went down mm-hmm. to the final frame, Tom. Oh, so gosh. it went down to I think it was eight apiece. I think off the top of my head, yeah, eight apiece it went to, and it went down to the final frame, and um, Brown beat O'Sullivan. No way! Uh, shock! A shocking, you know, not shocking, but obviously he's done well as we as we pointed out last week. But it wasn't yeah. obviously expected at the start of the tournament, and I think he's the first player other to have to have won. A championship, I think. I think it's any snooker championship that has has got the same name as one of the colours of the balls, other than white. So it's the first player. Oh right, okay. Because he's brown. He's the first player to be named the same as one of the balls, other than the colour white. (laughs) (laughs) That was the fact. That was Jimmy White. Jimmy White. Yeah. So there's been no black, yellow, green. I mean. There's not many people I know called yellow, green, blue. No. Um, well, this green but... is green is quite a common surname. Green, yeah, and, green, uh, saying black that, yeah. is as well. Black, black and green, but you know, blue, pink, red, uh, yellow, <laughs> red. You know, they, they, you might struggle there. Or, you know, red within the name potentially. Mm. Uh, but yeah, okay. but um, so you were close, Tom. I don't think you've had one right so far. Um, no. So what have you got? For hopefully, this week, then? This week I've got. Um, what I've got asked, I'm going to get you to do is it's not a result. I'm going to ask you to predict the next Celtic manager. So oh. Neil Lennon got resigned. Uh, I think it was today or maybe yesterday off the top of yeah. my head. I can't remember. Uh, but I want you to predict now, Tom, who you think will be the next Celtic manager ready now. For, so hopefully by next week, we'll know just to keep yeah. it, keep it rolling. So keep who do you think, Tom? Well, 
I know that Nuno has been mentioned, but I mean, there is no way that he'd go from Wolves to Celtic. That would be an enormous step down. Um, trying to think I have, of got, managers the, I have that... got the... I've got the odds up here, Tom. So I am going to scroll through to see if you name anyone you so, mentioned. Yeah, don't um, don't tell me yet. So I imagine there'll be names on there who will have no chance, but they'll be on there. Like Harry Redknapp will be on there, I imagine, somewhere. Uh, Alan Pardew's probably on there somewhere as well. Um, am I right? Uh, I, I mean, Alan Pardew, yeah, he's on there. I'm trying to find Redknapp to see if he's on there. Uh, I bet he's not actually anymore. He's, he's sort of retired. I saw by name. Here we are. If I saw by name, this will be this will be a lot easier than me scrolling down through the odds. I don't think. No, I don't think Harry Redknapp's on there. No, Harry Redknapp's not on there. Okay. Uh, Nuno's not on there either. Oh, good, good. I mean, he wouldn't. Um, go, he wouldn't go there anyway. Um, so I'm going to go for. I'm just thinking about managers who are out of jobs. So I'm not quite sure, but I think. Andre Viash Boash is not in a job at the minute, but I doubt he'll be going to Celtic. But I mean, depends how much he's on, money they've got. He's he's on the list. He's, I found odds for him, Tom. So he's he's forty to one. If you want him, forty to one. Um, I wonder whether this... what uh, what about Henrik Larsson? Is he on the list? I'm sure he was when I looked at H. Hang on, because uh... of course, former Celtic striker. Henrik Larsson. Same odds, forty to one, Tom. Same, same it's odds. Still there. quite long. Go on then. Tell me yeah. who the tell me who the favourites are then, Billy. So the the favourites are um, John Kennedy. Who? Uh, not not the pre- not the president. He's I think he's the current caretaker manager. Right. So it's him getting the job on a on a permanent basis. He's the favourite mm. uh, with some bookmakers. Eddie Howe. Right. Okay. Steve Clark, Frank Lampard. Oh. Roberto Mar- Roberto Martinez, mm. Rafa Rafa Benitez. I don't think Rafa Benitez is in a job at the moment. Um, I'd say what Frank Lampard would be an interesting one, wouldn't it? With uh, Gerard, with Gerard well, winning the title up there now, he this season. Definitely. Yeah, this season. So I mentioned then... it a few. Um, I think we, I, I don't know whether we mentioned it on the podcast, but I did say potentially Lampard now could end up going to Celtic and mm. revitalizing that battle of the the England midfield yeah. or, w- within Scotland. That could potentially be one, and then they're, they're just there's a load of names. Then I have no idea who they are. You know, that's for my lack of foreign, foreign managers. Foreign managers. Um, but I'll I'll scroll. I'm going to give you some of the the long shots, Tom. Boris um, Johnson. That I, that I recognise. Boris Johnson's not on there. Robbie Savage is 250 to one. As is okay. Ali McCoist. Brendan Rodgers, <laughs> 150 to one. Mm. Uh, Sam Allardyce, 100 to one. Uh, Di Matteo, hundred to one. Yeah, you know, there's Jurgen Klopp's hundred to one. So you've got. Well, more. I was just, I was just going to say about Klopp. It would be very interesting. So, um, you know, Rangers will win the title, whether or not uh, Gerard will think that that's enough for him up there, and he's achieved all that he could possibly achieve. He stopped Celtic winning ten titles in a row. He's won yeah. Rangers a title, and then Klopp's. You know, ten years falling apart at uh, Anfield, albeit with some very unfortunate circumstances at the minute. Uh, but maybe the pathway maybe. is opening up to. Anfield. I mean, another manager, another manager whose name is potentially uh, being rumored for the sack. Not that Klopp's is being mentioned for the sack, but Mourinho, sixty-six to one, Tom. You know, yeah, I think he's, his days are numbered, aren't they? At Spurs, certainly. Uh, yeah. Anyway. 
But go on then, Tom. Give us a name. Um. Oh gosh, I I mean I don't want to say that John Kennedy just to say yeah the favorite, the most popular but... one. Um, but I like Frank Lampard. I like the sound of Frank Lampard going to Celtic, but I don't think again I don't think it will be him either. I mean, Tom, um, going off your track records, what, whoever you predict now is not going to get the job because you're being so terrible at these predictions. Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> right, then I'll go for Frank Lampard. <laughs> there we are. Go and put all your money on Frank on Lampard. John not, <laughs> on not being the manager of Celtic, uh, the next permanent manager of Celtic. So, uh, But there we are. That's Tom's a new feature, Tom's, uh, Tom's predictions for, uh, for the week. What do you want to do next, Tom? Because I haven't got a, a nice transition for you. Um, let's see. What have we got left? We've believe got Believe it or not. Is the feature. And then I've got a couple of things penciled in to talk about. So I've got, got, I've got a new feature, Billy. It's this week I've it's called This Week I've Watched This on Netflix. <laughs> okay, and, then. And this is what I've watched. Um, so we've watched quite a few things this week or over the last couple of weeks, a few series and there's a couple that I'll recommend to you now. One is called White House Farm, which is about the murders. Is it at... about the um, previous president? You know, no, 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 no. <laughs> no it's about a, a farm in Essex where a family was murdered. They were all shot dead and the it was believed to be the psychotic daughter of, the, of this family who mm-hmm. shot herself. Uh, it was, you know, she had the gun on herself. She had bullets in her chin as well. Pretty nailed-on case, open and shut case. It was a murder suicide, and that's that was it. But then this one uh, investigator is adamant that something else has happened. It's a, it's all based on a true story as well of yeah. Jeremy Danda. If you've uh, Bamba, sorry, I keep saying Danda Bamba. Uh, so that I would recommend watching that. The other thing that I would recommend watching, I think, is number one trending on Netflix at the minute. It's called. Uh, I keep getting it wrong because I always make up stupid names for these kind of programs. But I think it's called. <laughs> I think it's called Behind Her Eyes, but I keep saying like Inside Her Eyes or Under uh, Her I'll, Eyes. What I'll do, Thomas, I'll be kind. Inside Her Eyes. Yeah. So again, this is another very very good program, but I'm not going to give you much information about it at all because it's the ending is the most messed up ending I've ever seen to anything. But it was. It, it was is very, uh, very good. It is called Behind Your Eyes, Tom, so well done. There you go, see? Um, so, yeah, watch that as well. It's, I think it's about five or six episodes long. We watched it in a couple of nights. But, um, yeah, so, the, well, that's what we're sort of doing now. Because now we've got sort of an end date for lockdown, we've uh, we've got a complete Netflix by the 21st <laughs> of June. Yeah, I was going to say, is that, is, that the, is that the aim now? Is that now on the list? Well, seeing as you brought it up, Tom, I'll, I'll ask you, how is the uh, how's your challenge that we've set you now? Obviously, a couple of weeks ago, now we set you the challenge, and obviously we said during half term you'd mm. have the time to do it. You could, you know, I think this we decided off the list of things to do before your thirty. The one that you were going to try and do was watch all eight, eight Harry yeah. Potter films within within a day. Did you manage no, to I... get any of them? <laughs> any no. of them at all? Be- because there's, there's a, there is a couple of reasons behind it. We've we watched them all within a couple of days over Christmas. So it's too yeah. recent to do it again. Uh, Alice was working on and off last week. She's had a week off this week. I haven't. So I haven't been able to do it again this week. But it's it, it's not just watching them in a day. It's going to take a day to recover as well because it's just, yeah. you know, it's so long. But well, Easter's, Easter's that... around the corner. So that yeah, was probably I your mean, next opportunity. 
Yeah, and it's but the thing is, Alice has to have the day off as well. Otherwise, you know, she'll be wanting to go to bed and stuff. It'll just be a, a pain. Yeah, yeah. Uh, pain. So yeah, we need both need two days off in a row, and we'll be able to do it. But uh, yeah. Alice, Alice taking annual leave to watch Harry yeah, Potter. But that was the the book. The my book hasn't started yet either. So uh, okay, got a little. Well, got a few months. Lucky. Yeah, you've still got time. It's just I thought we'd update the listeners because obviously we mentioned about it a couple of weeks ago. I thought, and we did say potentially doing it. Also in the news, Tom, this mm-hmm. is the, the transitions again. Emma Watson apparently has announced that she's retiring um, from being an actor. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to get your thoughts on that, Tom. You know, she'll it seems back. as though she'll be back. <laughs> yeah, because you back. know, it was just. I mean, I, I'm assuming she's going. She's retired from acting, but she's going into sort of activism and and things like that. She's been very outspoken for uh, as a feminist uh, uh, icon. Is that the right word? Probably. Probably, she's, yeah. Uh, and she, you know, I imagine that that's what she's going to do. But I do imagine that once you are an actor, it's the kind of thing that you love doing as well. And perhaps but it, 10, 15 it could years be, down the line, um... she might come back for something. It could be similar, you know. There's a couple of actors now who are, are being really selective, and you can imagine with the amount of money that she's made from just the Harry Potter films, she could be yeah. really selective. And she's probably it's probably that sort of thing. But it, it, when I saw it, I was thinking, you, you know, we were both really young when you know those the three her. I think um, we were probably the same kind of age. I mean, yeah, that's what I was thinking, and they were being thrust the three, you know, the three mm. uh, Daniel Radcliffe, Rupert. Is Grint. Rupert Grint? Yeah. Mm. And Emma Watson, all three of them being these young kids being thrust into the limelight and them growing up with this thing. And, you know, these child actors, you know, going down, right, they're going to be famous, they're going to be in everything. And, you know, they were thrown at all these roles and things like that. And you could argue that, that yeah, they can turn around now similar to footballers in the sense of, right, well, I don't need to do anything now and just live the life of luxury and mm. set, you know, ride into the sunset. But, yeah, I, I agree, Tom. I think she probably will be back. You know, it's never say never. But uh, but yeah, I just thought Tom's Tom's ideas and thoughts on on the subject. Um, yeah, well, but... and I th- I mean I don't know if she has because she has gone on to be in some very big films afterwards anyway. Yeah, Rupert Grint seems to have been quite quiet, and so has Tom Felton, who was uh, Draco Malfoy. But they, yeah. it doesn't seem to have a, sort of pigeonholed them too much as actors, uh, being being such iconic playing such iconic roles for such a long time but there is uh there is going to be a harry potter tv series series. at some point uh in the next few years i think they're in the very early processes of writing it so it's not necessarily based on um harry potter's it's a sort of wizarding world tv series so it could be based on anything really but yeah. I remember i don't i can't find i'm on rupert grint's wikipedia page but i'm sure i read somewhere that he bought like a ice cream truck or something like that and was basically going around the country in that at one point i may yeah. be wrong i may be making this completely <laughs> up but i'm sure i remember some really strange story about that about him you know going around in one of these winnebago sort of thing yeah uh, but I, I can't find it anywhere so i apologize i may have made it all up um, well on that note yeah. then billy strange stories let's go on yes. to the, the final uh feature, feature. Believe, Believe it or not. Okay, Tom. Are you ready? Have you got your pen yeah. ready? Yeah, and uh, there's no Amazon order on the way this week, so... Uh, yeah, so I can't... Well, you managed to get it right regardless anyway, so... 
Um, baby shark born with human face. Wow. Yep. Uh, uh, hang on. Let me get the next one. So, man turns himself into police for killing his inflatable sex doll. Okay. <laughs> and tank mum only popped out for an iron brew, but saves a lorry. Okay. <laughs> saves a lorry. Okay, right. Uh, I actually want to start with the second story a minute. So, I heard a story. I, <laughs> I heard a story about a man who turned himself into the police. I think it was in Sussex because um, because he was just sick of the people he was living with during lockdown. <laughs> the, but he was the, the police were on the lookout for him. They wanted to catch him, and he was he just took himself to the police station because he couldn't bear living with the people he was living with any longer. So, but he didn't say what the crime was. Uh, was it sex doll murder, Billy, or was it quite a different one? <laughs> no, this is this is in Leicester. Um, this oh, one's come from so okay. slightly off, but uh, he <laughs> he had quite a surprise when answering a, the, the police had quite a surprise when answering a call from our man. So he's obviously rung nine nine nine, saying that he's stabbed his girlfriend to death, uh, but it was actually an inflatable sex doll. <laughs> <laughs> is it the same man that married his uh... <laughs> well didn't you tell me a thing before that they'd got divorced as well yeah I think they, they that, that they had got divorced there was I I think they did get divorced but I think she did break so it could be the same <laughs> bloke um, that uh, had happened but the poor man was crying and filled with remorse insisting he had to pay for his crime oh. um, but uh, obviously you know we don't know if there's some you know history or you know there's anything uh you know that could be related to this within this article it doesn't say but it was just he was visibly drunk and mentally disturbed holding a large knife um okay. so yeah it's uh there's not much more it was in the early hours of the morning so it wasn't you got in the any names the for me, either either the man or his his wife uh dan fitzgerald is the name of the man have you got his uh, girlfriend's name? Uh, sorry, uh, no, he, he doesn't divulge. Obviously, they don't like to. Well, I was going to say they don't like to name the victims' names, but in this case, you know, they may have done. But no, uh, <laughs> uh, she she isn't named for I think legal reasons. Uh, yeah, you know, was there was there some kind of argument or something that led to this rage? What, uh, what caused him to stab his girlfriend? It 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 doesn't it doesn't say to be fair. It just said. Uh, I'm just reading through this now to see. Uh, is she <laughs> she insulted his masculinity? <laughs> is the reasons that I can no find uh, is the reasoning behind this. Um, okay. And he became violent as a result of that. Uh, so, so yes, Tom. Anything else you'd like to know about that? No, he seems quite a disturbed character. Hopefully, he's being looked after if this story yeah. is true. Uh, so, the first one then, Baby Shark upon with a human face. How? how? <laughs> so, um, a fisherman uh, has caught a baby shark, um, but it's not the, the, the quote probably should have been it's not going to be getting anyone singing the song. Um, mm. But it's got a, a human, the features of this shark, it's a deformed shark, and the features make it look, look human cute. is it, rather than it having an actual human face okay. um i'm trying to think i'm 
I'm, I'm sure when I read through the article uh, that it was that it was the fetus of a shark. So whether he's caught the shark Ooh. and with inside this other, you know, is within that shark, <sighs> if that makes sense. I don't think he's yeah. caught the actual human shark, if that makes sense. Oh, um, okay. So yes, yeah. yeah, caught the mother shark in the trawler net and then cut her stomach open where he found the fetus. So yeah, so it's it potentially is just just an undeveloped you know, underdeveloped shark. So, you know, this could be a scientific breakthrough, Tom, where humans <laughs> become sharks. This is the next evolutionary line yeah. now, is humans now are becoming sharks. Sharks. Okay, and then the final one. Uh, Tank Mom went to buy some iron brew and then she saved a lorry. Yeah. Let me guess. Did this take place in Scotland, Billy? Yes, Tom, it did. No way. <laughs> what, what gave you that idea? Was it the Iron Brew? <laughs> it was. It, it was indeed. Uh, the national so drink in, of Scotland. The national, oh, yes, indeed. The national drink of Scotland. I think it was, yeah, it was in Fife. Cowdenbeath Fife uh, is where it happened. Because I know that's East your next Fife, question. Five, four, far, four. <laughs> that's gen- I'm sure that's a result that's actually taken place once. Brilliant. Probably, probably. Okay. What else do you want to know, Tom? So why is she tank mom? So what's happened is, is the shop I'm presuming that she's gone to get this iron brew is on a hill and uh, it's been snowing up in Scotland mm. and uh, which does probably fairly frequently, like it rains here. Um, mm. the, 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 it needed a push, basically, and she's pushed this lorry in order to get it <laughs> to start moving um, on her own. Uh, put down and put down her iron Bruce, iron Bruce, iron brew, and her snacks, uh, and just started to push this huge, huge lorry up this hill on her own. Uh, yeah, that's basically it, Tom. Uh, so can, how big? How big is this lorry? Uh, I can't give you a weight, but it's a big lorry. It's, it's articulated. Uh, yeah, articulated lorry. It's a uh, a Graham's lorry. Right. Okay. I think I've made my decision. Okay. And I think that that's the fake story. I think that the Scottish woman pushing a lorry, saving a lorry, has got to be the fake story. Thomas, you were right with the baby shark being. Yes. But unfortunately, <gasps> I have gazumped you with oh. the uh, with the poor man who killed his oh, fake no. girlfriend. <laughs> oh. um, so yeah, this there's actual video footage, Tom. So I'll show. What, him, what I'll do is of him killing or the Scottish no woman. of the woman the woman pushing this lorry up the hill. So once we go off, of course, because that one's fake. It's a it's it's a Graham's dairy lorry, um, yeah. and she's pushing this. It's quite it's quite you know, surreal of her pushing this lorry up this hill on her own it's not a massive hill it's just mm. a slight incline but, but it's and there's just a, there's I, I, actually tom if i share the uh if i share my screen if, if you allow me to i can show you a photo so at least you can see what, what i'm trying to describe there you go. um here you are tom so here is here is the picture there's some spectators oh here God. and here is uh i think you didn't even ask a name i think uh charlene uh pushed this lorry up this hill, on yeah. her own. It's quite quite fascinating. I, I mean, I'm, I'm going to put it out there. 
She didn't push that lorry. <laughs> I, there is no, no way that that one little person at the back of that <laughs> lorry has made that lorry go up that hill. No chance well, at all. I mean, she's there's no doubt there is a woman behind a lorry, and that lorry, I imagine, starts moving. But yeah. Charlene did not push <laughs> that lorry. A super strong Scots. I don't know. What, yeah, it's super strong Scots. I don't know whether it's uh, the you know something like the wheels are locked or something like that, or you know, mm. there's anything in that in regards to the story. But I'm back on form, Tom. I managed to gazumpt you once again. And I'm quite happy with that. So, um, but yeah, very good. I think to end, Tom, just because of the time-wise, I did have something, a couple of things I wanted to talk about, but I can save one of them for for next week. But uh, okay. there's been a there's been a return now, which has been announced, Tom. A couple actually today. One mm. which I'm interested in more than another. You might be interested in both potentially. But Frasier, the uh, US sitcom. Yeah, I'm not never watched, but it. it's it's that's been a uh, uh, what was it? Not re- revived. The word? Revived, yes. Uh, but only, I think, only the main, only Frasier is coming back. None of the rest of the cast are coming oh. back. So whether it was a revival or a spin-off, you can be the judge of that. But the one that I was interested in was Rugrats. Tom, did what, you watch really? Rugrats? As yes, as well, a child. How they, well, I mean, it feels like occasionally, but probably more than occasionally. Actually, in the end, we probably watched yeah. quite a few episodes, but. They're not bringing them back as adults, are they? Please. No, they are redoing, and it's going to be uh, the original voice cast are going to return. So the whole original oh. voice cast are going to return. But it's. I think I want to make sure I get this right. I think it's CGI. Is the oh no? Is oh. what it's going to be. And again, here you are, Tom. If you, I'll share my screen once again, uh, just so you can see. And there's there's an actual trailer. So again, we can watch that as well, Tom. But here is. Mm-hmm. Oh, Here is no, the cast. No, 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 no. And I would agree, Tom. You know, I was when I saw, oh, it's it's coming back. You know, it's quite, you know, throughout our childhood, it was probably on every day, on repeat. Yeah. Um, you know, the reruns and stuff. But yeah, it doesn't look fantastic. Um, but the thing so, is, yeah, this is, there's been a, a phrase that's been going around in my head for the last couple of weeks, and it's from a YouTuber called Ryan George. I don't know if you okay. know who Ryan George is, but he, I, I'll recommend him now. Go and look at Ryan George. He has all, all these conversations with himself as two characters. Oh, um, yeah, I think so, yeah. He, so you might have seen him doing pitch meetings for films. Yes, I know who he is. Yeah, no, he is. Yeah, yeah. so he, he's really, really clever. And there was one uh, there's this one series of videos that he does as a time traveller who's travelled to 2020 from the 1990s. Yeah. And one quote, I think it was something that had been revived a few years ago and then been cancelled. And the bloke from the 1990s said, wow, the future seems really unoriginal and boring. And that is every every couple of days, every couple of weeks, I hear something's being brought back or something. Well, you look... And you just think, oh, why can't people come up with something new and original? Well, you look now as nobody well. Nobody wants to see these. Personally, I don't want to see the Rugrats come back again. It... You know who's going to want to watch it? It's not going to get. It's not the kind of program that you would look back on and think, "Oh, do you know, yeah. what? I really miss a bit of Rugrats." Well, you could even watch. Old. You could watch. You know, I'm sure it's probably on some streaming service. Yeah. The trailer that I saw as well, I'm sure, is a clip from the. So I don't know even if they're just going to remake oh. the original TV series and just try move it onto this, you know, mm. the digital platform or whatever it's going to be. But like you just said. Harry Potter now, we've already mentioned it. That's having a spin-off TV series. Lord of the Rings mm. is having one. 
they re, you know, they're going over, you know, trodden ground already, and it's just a lot mm. of things need to. Someone needs to come up with a new original idea, Tom. I think that's what you're going to do now with this book that you're going to be writing. Is uh, Tom? Yeah. It, it, we we've progressed now from Tom's podcast ideas. Tom's now going to come up with TV shows and films for us next week, and that's what's <laughs> going to start uh, for next mm. week. But yeah, I just thought, I, you know, it was quite. You know, there's things like that. You know, there's a lot of shows, like you say, that are being redone and you know remastered, as they were. Remastering, um, I don't mind so much because that's that's fair enough. Like the Star Wars films being updated to have, um, you know, to be on Blu-ray stuff, so that's fine. Yeah. But then to have, like, I don't particularly agree with the last three Star Wars films that have come up. I was yeah. not desperate for three more Star Wars films to answer questions that I mean, and they didn't answer questions anyway. But just yeah, yeah. more money making sort of stuff for yeah. Disney. The same is going to happen now when things get back to normal. People are going to be desperate to go to the cinema and they will just watch anything. Whereas what people actually should be wanting is new, brand new content. But instead, we're going to have Avatar two soon, and you know, give us something new. Uh, so I'm just looking through this article. It is the Daily Mirror. I apologise uh, in advance, but it says that it's uh, the it's Viacom, CBS, uh, other the production company or the producers, mm. um, and it's it's a, to coincide with the launch of their Paramount Plus, uh, so it's streaming service oh. uh, next month. But they're also in the pipeline of creating a live action version of Dora the Explorer. Oh and my god. And the fairly odd parents. So again, Tom, they've just re-changed, you know, just mm. put a different colour on it and we'll be fine. Yeah, but, but, um, okay. but yeah. at least when when our parents, you know, were 30 years ago when they were when we were little, they probably went, Oh god, what's all these saft cartoons yeah. and all these saft films? But at least they were all news you know, things all yeah. the time. Now it's like, oh, it's still the same stuff, but it's now, like you said, it's shinier, but Anyway, on that note, because it, it is actually, I know you've recommended about 17 things this episode. Mm. It is, it was actually my turn to recommend oh, something. So I am, ge- I am still going to get one in because I was going <laughs> to recommend it last week and you had something last week you wanted to recommend. But um, I want to recommend, uh, so I've been doing my run, Tom. That was my New Year's mm. resolution, if you remember back. Wait, Hang on, Billy. It's my turn because last week you recommended the Scrubs podcast and I've been listening to that this week. Oh, uh, well, that's what I was about to recommend way. again. Oh, because <laughs> I I'm thought just, I hadn't done I it. I really, I really must, I really, really, really must recommend this Scrubs podcast. Because yeah. I thought, I'll tell you, I what, I'll tell you I... what, Billy, I'll recommend the Scrubs podcast. <laughs> I went back and I listened to it quite. Uh, so I think I'd listened to ten episodes when it first came out, and then um, yeah, uh, I picked up from I think like eleven or twelve episodes in, and it is it is very entertaining. Because uh, I, I don't can't know, remember, they're really long episodes. They're all an yeah. hour long, aren't they? So I don't know if I can listen to too many in a row. But um, no, well, I listened. So I, so what? what I, I'm sure I didn't make. I don't think I did recommend it, but I might be wrong. But I sure did. we spoke about it after. Um, but there we are. But I, like I said, I listened to it on the run, and it's only like half an hour that I listened mm. to it, and I'm watching one episode a week and stuff. But yeah, well, there we are. Good thing you recommended a load of other stuff. Tom, <laughs> I'm re recommended something. I knew it would happen at some point that we'd go back over trodden ground, and it, everything yeah. does seem to merge into one. But there we are. <laughs> there we go. Well, thank you very much, Fantastic. Billy. Another enjoyable podcast. Thank you to everybody who's listened, and uh, keep keep listening. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Bye, everyone.